gather up your best regalia. We're all strutting by azaleas. Party in that hot house round the block. <laughs> oh, shuffle on up for our greenhouse stomp. Yeah, there's dancers prancing <laughs> by the Hi, Lauren. Hi, Abby. How are you today? I'm tired and I want to go on vacation. <laughs> well, for everyone listening at home, welcome to our first ever mini-sode. Full disclosure, I totally ripped this idea off of a favorite podcaster of mine, but I thought it would be a fun way for us to kind of sit, have a little conversation uh, across each other at our desks in our office, and, you know, throw some tidbits of information to you all sitting at home listening. As if you were sitting here in our office with us. But you're not. That might be a good thing, huh? <laughs> Supa would pee all over you. Oh my god. <laughs> So what are we talking about today, Abby? So yeah, um, first, uh, let's give a shout out to Dandy for his lovely musical intro, as always, Greenhouse Stomp. If you guys don't know who Dandy Wellington is at the moment, you all need to get your shit together and head over to Spotify or iTunes and give him a listen, because he's the best. He's the best. Uh, but yeah, today I wanted to talk about our top five sewing books. No, not sewing books. Costuming books. Costuming books. Just general, not specific to any time period. Um, so not necessarily going to do a shameful self-promotion. <laughs> Already did it. I do reference our book, but it's, I am proud of it. But as far as these are other non-American Duchess favorite costume books. But if you're looking for an excellent 18th century sewing book, buy American Duchess Guide to 18th Century Dressmaking. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I wanted to do um, top five costume books for beginners. So that way, if you're listening and you're new to the community and you're like, gee, I don't know what books I should ask for for the holiday season or my birthday or what I want to spend money on. Um, Lauren and I just wanted to give you our top five. Yeah, our favorites. And of course, we will have links to all of these on the blog post um, that goes along with this mini podcast here pretty soon. Yeah. All right, Lauren. Yeah. Oh, I get to go first? Do you want to go first? Well, I wrote them on the back of an envelope, so... <laughs> I'm very professional first, here. My first favorite, um, I'm actually going to start with the one on the bottom of my list, is the Kyoto Costume Institute fashion book. And the reason I want to start with that one is because that's actually the first book I ever got. It's my first too. It's many, many people's first. It pops that cherry. And, oh God. I actually bought the little tiny, tiny version of it that was like four by six inches. And it, it was, you know, it was only maybe a, a half an inch thick. Yeah, they had a little teeny tiny version. And I found it in a bookstore when I lived in San Jose. I, I bought it and then a few years later when I saw the monster huge version which is by the way always on sale like, yes it is this? And I like lost my mind um, and I bought it for 20 bucks but I still pull that book whenever I want inspiration because it's so beautifully put together mm -hmm. I agree and it, it doesn't it's not text heavy I, I wouldn't recommend it for the text but I would recommend no. it for the way that those mannequins are dressed and they and they've really gone the full way with all the millinery and you know patting them out to get the right silhouette and whatnot. I think Kyoto did a fantastic job with that book. I agree. That's actually on my list too. So we can say, uh, are we going to do like five to number one? I didn't actually number mine, but in, in no particular in, in order. No, yeah, no particular order. Uh, Lauren and I both agree. Kyoto, uh, Costume Institute's fashion. Fashion can buy a single volume edition, a tiny edition apparently, and then the my personal favorite, the double version, where it's two books in a box. So it's the box edition. It's very fancy. Good stuff. It's a great book. That's the one I bought right when I got into dress history. So mine is now, yeah, like... Dog-eared and much loved. 14 plus years <laughs> old. Oh, as long as you've been on Facebook, Abby. Yeah, 
exactly. <laughs> What's your second one? My second one is going to be cut of woman's clothes. <laughs> That's on my list too. Yeah. Yeah. We do, we do, we do, we stray a little bit, but I think these two are pretty solid. Um, nor, okay. So full disclosure, this woman's last name is fun to say, but we don't actually know the correct way to say it. Nora Wa. Nora Wo. Wo. Wow, wow, we wow. It is Nora. Wow. Because her work is amazing. Yeah, because she's incredible. Um, but Cut of Women's Clothing is comprehensive. So it's a comprehensive book. It is filled with primary information, excellent secondary research, patterns, not only from original garments that she studied, but also period patterns from uh, like cutting and sewing manuals from say like the Victorian era. And the book spans from like the 1600s up through what is it like the 1930s? 1930s yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if you're looking for a, a book that kind of has it all, that's the book that has it all. Um, and it's hard to get a hold of though. Yeah. I think it's out of print now, stupidly enough. And I, I do mean stupidly. Um, apparently cut of men's clothing is still. Yep. I just bought it. Yeah. For like, you know, 30 bucks. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but cut of women's clothes, which is bigger and I believe more popular is now out of print. However, it has been in print for so long that you could probably find a janky I have a janky copy. Library, library copy that will do you yeah. just fine. But it's going to run you about a hundred bucks, mm -hmm. um, a little well more, worth a little less on Amazon. Uh, well worth it though. Don't be afraid to buy a used copy. No. That's how I got mine and I got it for a great price and it was like, oh my God, it's on sale for like 50 bucks. They don't know what they have. Yeah. Uh, but it is one that if you ever see it like lurking in a bookstore, grab it, buy it. And then throw some money on the counter and run for dear life. It's an amazing <laughs> book. So that one's my favorite. I think in working on our books too, we referenced her a lot mm -hmm. and we found that her research really, really holds up. Yeah. Um, so, cause some authors don't always hold up that well. Nora did us, did us a solid here. Yeah. Nora, Nora knew what a Polonaise was before anyone else did. Third on my list is Costume in Detail by Nancy Bradfield. Now this book, when I first got it, I was like, what's this? Because it looks like a gazillion pages of Xerox drawings. It does. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God, this is a freaking mess. But once you start really looking at those pages and all of the notes and, and scribbles and bits that she did on her drawings, um, it's, it's just a wealth of information for a couple of reasons. One, um, Nancy looked at entirely original gowns, many of which appear in other books. Yes, they do. Really, really cool for cross referencing mm -hmm. so you'll find the same garment in cut of women's clothes in janet arnold's pattern of fashion one and in nancy bradfield's um costume in detail, detail. three different uh, dissections so to speak of the same garment which is super super cool um the other thing is she notes often hem widths or seam widths and interior details that you probably won't have access to in any other way yeah you know when there's a weight in the sleeve or when there's a seam at the back mm -hmm. that you didn't know about or I mean that's really really helpful it just takes a little bit to kind of get used to viewing the way that the book is printed yeah I would agree I think my only issue with Bradfield is just that she um, her writing's a little hard to read at times and so oh, she her can, handwriting yeah, yeah she can get a little little difficult to read um, but I think she was extremely helpful when it 
came to understanding wackadoodle closures, especially in like Edwardian gowns, because that's when shit just gets cray and you're just like, wait, where does this hook go? Where does this <laughs> eye go? I don't know. And One then of 45 hooks to get this bottle. Yeah, exactly. Um, and she's actually on my list too, because again, she's comprehensive. And since this is supposed to be top five, like basic overall overarching, I think she's, she's a really great resource and that one goes from uh early 18th century ish 1720s all the way to the 1930s i believe yes i would i would agree with that assessment okay so we have those so we've done what three done three yeah, yeah. We, we, we've had the same ones <laughs> yeah the same ones okay so this is where we get a little different my next one my fourth is actually corsets and crinolines again by Nora. whoa wow whoa whoa wee wow uh, <laughs> um and that's because you can't have a good costume without good undies you gotta have the undie pants so with that comes a good book about that and corsets and crinolines it's not just the corsets it's obviously the crinolines as well and so bums and hoops and things like that again it has some patterns in it excellent primary documentation and resource and Nora as always has excellent secondary so a lot of people make corsets from that book it can be a little tricky because her patterns are not I don't think she actually intended for them to be used but they, ha they have a little scale thing so you can scale, scale them up but the illustration does not always match up with the pattern pieces I learned this yes. past summer yes so it's it's one of those things like if you're looking at it for a pattern you might want to supplement but if you're looking for good quality research to help build your knowledge bank it's it's a it's a winner i think this one might also be out of print no you can still buy it okay and then i must must have been cheap and bought a used copy because mine has someone's drawings in it and like oh. she was trying to scale up the corset and i thought you did that i was like no. why would you do that abby no that was someone else and i was like well that's a lot of work <laughs> so Okay, so fourth on my list is this is this is kind of a little bit of a cheat um, because this is actually five books, but anything by Janet Arnold, uh, <laughs> Janet Arnold patterns of fashion, uh, one, two, three, four, five. So that covers um, the late. Well, no, no, no. Wait, I'm sorry. It covers uh, Elizabethan. It has ruffs. I'm saying it as if it's one thing. They have 18th century women's clothing. They have um, Victorian, early Victorian, later Victorian, all the way up through the 1930s. It's just a wealth of information. Janet's work is amazing. And of course, if you've listened to our previous podcast with Jenny Tiramani, you'll know that Jenny and her uh, School of Historical Dress is carrying on Janet's work posthumously. Um, just amazing. So it's got patterns, um, information, beautiful illustrations, and they are absolutely the patterns of fashion books must-haves for any historic costumer. So what this means is Lauren cheated. Because uh, yeah, I can't. <laughs> but I mean, like, it is... It's a box set. It's, it's a box set. Um, I think for that, it's like... Uh, by either Patterns of Fashion 1 or Patterns of Fashion 2, depending on what time period yeah, you're which, interested which in. Yeah, which you Yeah. So go, go that way first, and then and then you'll want to buy them all. It's like um, Beanie Babies. You buy one, you want more. They need friends. My first Beanie Baby was a tiger. I don't actually remember what mine was. But I cut the tags off. <laughs> Obviously, you're not going to be a millionaire like me in a couple of years. No, I'm still trying. My Princess Bear is still in her acrylic box. <laughs> 
in the garage somewhere in my it parents' house. It's your retirement. Yeah, that's actually what I tell my parents, too, when I convince them to buy them for me. <laughs> so what's next on your list? What's next on my list? Oh, this one was tricky because I was trying to decide between Janet Arnold or actually something a little bit more academic-y. Um, and that's actually, I think I'm going to go ahead and give this one because I think it's an important book that everyone should have on their bookshelf. And that's Textiles in America. It's like 1650 to 1870. And I totally didn't write the author's name down. Uh, Beverly Montgomery. Is that it? No. I can't read it from here. <laughs> I can't read it from here. You can't read it. We'll, we'll put it in the yeah, link. Yeah, we'll put it in the link. Uh, Textiles in America. Because one of the questions we, we get a lot of and we see a lot of on Facebook groups and we get emailed about and things is, what fabric should I use? 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 Is this fabric okay? Should I use it for this? Can I use it for that? Pop, 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 pop. And God. <laughs> it's true. Know, but it's like, well, well, it's also like, what, what do they mean when they say this type of fabric? I saw one just the other day that was, um, what was it? Thunder and lightning jacket and uh, thunder lightning. That a super so... knowledgeable um, member of this group said, "Oh yeah, thunder and lightning was a type of fabric." I was like, "Don't fucking lie." Yeah. Sweet. That was amazing. Like learning. I don't know what that is. Like learning what cherry dairy is. That's also a fabric. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> um, but yeah, having this book, it's huge. And it's basically a dictionary. And you look up the name of the fabric in alphabetical order. And she gives this, this nice little write-up of information about what the fabric is, how it was woven, what it was made out of, with primary information, um, whether it's inventories or descriptions of the fabric. And she even has some images of the fabrics in there as well. It just depends on what it is. The book's an oldie, but it's a goodie. And like I said, if you have a question about fabrics, if I have a question about fabrics, that's the book I go to first, you know? That's that's the one. Um, so it's definitely something where you might not be like, oh, that's a sexy book. Mm, <laughs> yarn. <laughs> but, textile dictionary. Yeah, a textile dictionary. But trust me, it will be completely useful to you and you will definitely reference it. And yeah, it'll make your life a lot easier. Cool. Yeah. So my last book that I love and I'm going to cheat again it's another series uh, Jean Hunnisett's period costume for stage and screen uh, there's several of these so the ones that I particularly like are the um, 60, sorry, 17th 18th century one and then there's also a Victorian I think early Edwardian one there's ones for capes and cloaks and mantelettes but I don't actually have that one it's out of print and I it's expensive I've never been able to pick it up but what I love about Jean Hunnisett and and her books are the title the title titles I guess the title is totally misleading. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> when you are like, I'm a historic customer, and you see a book called Period Costume for Stage and Screen, you might think, I'm not going to buy that because it's not historically accurate. But what, what you don't know about Jean Hunnisett is that she does things surprisingly by the book, uh, by the historically accurate book. It's just that her focus was a little different. So she studied with Janet Arnold. Yeah, that's what Mella told us. And she worked on famous, now famous, productions and her her work though she comes at it from the theatrical perspective it ticks all the boxes and it's very practical so this is where I first learned about neck tuckers because Jean yes. Hunnisett says in period costume for stage and screen hey guys you can actually cut your neckline lower on your 18th century dress and fill it in with a neck tucker or a ruffle to get the proper silhouette just so that ruffle to a bit of you know a tape or something and then whip it into the neck of the gown. As it turns out, 
that's completely period accurate. Ew. And I've been doing that for many, many years because she's absolutely right. She says if you want them to look right on on stage, you, know, you have to get that silhouette, silhouette right. So her books contain, uh, it's kind of a one-stop shop. So you've got corsets and stays in there. You've got underpinnings, like hoops. Um, she has a wonderful pocket hoop pattern. She's got grand pannier patterns. And though she is recommending for those things like, oh yeah, sew some Rigoline in here. So, you know, use yeah. steel. Uh, the patterns are really sound. You can put them together in a, a period, hand period way, but the patterns are are correct and I love that resource because if you're like oh hey Abby let's do 1830s dresses for Dickens where hey, do Lord, we start like a player and here comes Abby going did you know Jean Hunnicet has like this whole section on 1830s stuff mm-hmm. in, in period costume for stage and screen I'm like no I never thought to look there and lo and behold yeah there's all the patterns and the sleeve shapes and the tips and tricks to make that look right yeah like you totally convinced me because whenever when you and i started sewing together and working together you're like do you know how to set cheese oh, yeah. you totally turned your costumes. Nose yeah and i was like <laughs> the academic snob that i am i was like mm, screw that that sounds like a bunch of baloney i don't need no stage and screen i don't need no Jean bullshit <laughs> <laughs> and then like i looked at it and i was like Oh. Sleeve shapes. Oh, yeah. It was shapes, great. It's bodices. like everything was good. And then when I finally broke free of my 18th century shackles and I got into 19th century, I bought the 19th century book and it is freaking amazing. It really, really is. And she's like super low key about it. But if you read how she writes things, she's like, on this turquoise 1830s dress, this bodice is bodice B. The sleeves are sleeve C. And you're like, she didn't just make that up. Like they're pulled from originals. And you can tell. And then, yeah, when we were talking to Mela Hoyt Hayden about it, she was like, oh, yeah, Jean Hunnisett taught me. And Jean Hunnisett learned from Janet Arnold. And Jean Hunnisett was Arnold's, I think, like, pattern drawer or something. Like, she worked with Janet Arnold. It wasn't just, like, a casual relationship. It's like, no, 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 no. Jean Hunnisett is, like, the proto Ginny Tiramani. <laughs> I wonder if they know each other. I don't know, because well, I don't know if Jean Hunnisett's in... even alive anymore. I'm not sure. Mela would know, but... Um... If you're alive, Dean Hunnisett, and we insulted you, I apologize. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's pictures in the back of one of the um, period costume for stage and screen that deals with the Elizabethan dress, where she's fitting Glenda Jackson from, from Elizabeth, the miniseries from the, I believe it was the late 60s. Ew. That had the most insane reproduction Elizabethan costumes. Mm. If you've never seen it, find it on Netflix or, or Amazon on pay just to watch it if you have to, because the, the costuming in that is just tremendous and there she is Jean Hennesset fitting those skirts over those big ass bum rolls <laughs> oh my god this is awesome so we do recommend those even if you are a HA costumer they are very useful books and yep. all of these used together all the books that we've told you yeah. uh cross-referenced make for a powerful little library yes very much so a pro library <laughs> power library those of course are not the only books we recommend if you want a full list of what's on lauren's bookshelf and a few of what's on abby's because i wasn't here when i wrote you can find our bookshelf tab on our blog blog.americanduchess.com that's got a freaking ton of mm-hmm. uh, links they're all mostly amazon links um to go and buy those books everything that we recommend and love yeah. Hell yeah. Hello, Lauren. This was a fun 20 minutes. It was. And uh, I think this is it for this episode. Yeah? I think so. Awesome. So, y'all listening at home, thanks for joining in. Uh, you can find us at AmericanDuchess.com, blog.americanduchess.com. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. American Duchess. <laughs> Facebook. American Duchess. YouTube. American Duchess. <laughs> Basically, 
if you look for American Duchess, so long as it's not a boat or Meghan Markle, we're good to go. It's us. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. And we uh, will tune in next time. time. With another mini episode or something. We'll find out. Take it away, Dandy. Dandy. Dandy.